Welcome back to the 3rd and 15 podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Timmerman. And uh, before we get going tonight, I want to let you know that the 3rd and 15 podcast is brought to you by Cali TV. Folks, if you've got the cord, you know the aggravation of having your favorite team playing on one of those channels. You know the ones I'm talking about. The ones you used to get on your streaming service, but you don't get them anymore. And maybe you thought, guess I'm going to have to get cable again. Wrong. With Cali TV, that's C-A-L-I TV, you can watch your team no matter what channel they're on. Cali TV is just $25 a month with no contract, no gimmick. Stream straight to your Fire Stick or other device, and you'll never miss a game again. Find out more, you can message me, Jeremy Timmerman, uh, on Facebook, or if you've got other contact information, you can message me, and uh, I'll, I'll get you set up with uh, the right folks. So, that's that. Let's get going. We uh, talked a lot last week about the upcoming Week Zero games, and <laughs> I did the little bit where I, where I talked about smelling college football, and apparently it was not a sweet aroma, because that first game between Nebraska and Illinois, whoo man, that, that was ugly, ugly football. And I don't mean that like in the we tend to... Um, make fun of the Big Ten because we have SEC football and we have ACC football or or we make fun of the Pac-12 or the Big 12 with no defense. This was just horrendous football. The first points of the college football season were a safety for Illinois. Illinois won the game 30-22 to over Nebraska. Um, the first points were a, if you didn't see it, um, you know, bless you. you. You made the right choice not watching. Uh, first points were a safety that uh, the Nebraska punt returner fielded the ball running away from, running the opposite direction he should have been going into the end zone. Fielded the the, th- the ball and then got hit, and I guess he wasn't sure if he had caught the ball and then run into the end zone. So he threw it forwards and sideways out of bounds looking for, I don't know what the goal is because obviously that becomes a an illegal forward pass out of the end zone, which is a safety. Just an inexplicably bad play, and it didn't really get much better for Nebraska. They missed two extra points with a kicker who is reportedly, I mean, he was, uh, I think, the All-Big Ten kicker last year, and just looked poorly, poorly prepared, poorly coached. Uh, Scott Frost came out and said in, in a, either a post-game press conference or maybe his Monday press conference that some way that Illinois was lining up defensively threw him off and, and their game plan was completely out the window. When you have seven, eight, nine months to prepare for Illinois, at the very least five or six months once the schedule came out, to prepare for Illinois and they throw something at you defensively that completely scraps your game plan, I I know Nebraska's not going to fire. They haven't fired Scott Frost, and it's Wednesday, so they're not going to fire Scott Frost after that one loss. But it's just hard to see where it gets any better from here. Um, They've got Fordham and Buffalo. We talked about this a little bit last week. They've got Fordham and Buffalo in the next two weeks. Uh, Fordham to Saturday at noon, and then on September 11th, they've got Buffalo. Then they've got Oklahoma. They're going to lose that. There's just no. I mean, if if they had come out and really 
stomped Illinois, I might have entertained the notion that Nebraska could compete with Oklahoma, but they're not going to. Oklahoma's going to beat them by 50. Um, then they've got Miss, Miss Michigan State, which should be a winnable game. Michigan State has been a little down, but Nebraska just lost to Illinois and didn't look good in any phase of the game doing it. Uh, the, the Nebraska defensive line did look sort of impressive. I'll give them that. I, w- I was impressed with the bash rush they were able to get, but it's Illinois. They're no good. <laughs> Brett Bilema's in his Bilema, 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 there it is. Never get that right. Uh, he's in his, what, first year there? I think eventually he's going to be a really good fit there, but they're not. <laughs> Getting a good pass rush against Illinois means next to nothing right now. Um, then they've got Northwestern, Michigan, Minnesota, Purdue, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Iowa. I, what, three wins there? Four, maybe? So I I don't see any way that this season ends in any other fashion than Scott Frost getting fired. Maybe the buyout keeps him there, but I just... (laughs) Woof, that was ugly, ugly football, and I did not watch as much of it as I had originally planned because it was just such bad football. Um, The other game that, that really was worth mentioning was UCLA over Hawaii. Now, Hawaii is not a world beater. But uh, UCLA won 44-10, to and this is where I would like to point out that the last time UCLA played a non-conference schedule was 2019, and they went 0-3 in non-conference play. That was one of Chip Kelly's first years. Uh, or was it his second year? Second year for Chip Kelly at UCLA, they lost... To Cincinnati, it was a good Cincinnati team, 24-14. Then they lost to San Diego State at home, 23-14. Then they lost to Oklahoma at home, which Oklahoma went on to uh, compete in the playoffs that year, 48-14. So in three non-conference games that year, they scored a combined 42 points. So the fact that UCLA came out in their opener and hung 44 on Hawaii is a step in the right direction. So that... That was at least a you know one of those coaches that that I highlighted a few weeks ago as a coach that might be on a hot seat or might be headed towards a hot seat got the ship turned in the right direction the 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 the, the, the temperature went on that on that seat went down a little bit and so that was good um, and UCLA we're gonna talk about them a little bit later so that is, is kind of just my look back at last week. There were three other games. I'm not going to go over all the scores every week, but when there's just a few, we'll do it. Um, Fresno State beat UConn 45 to nothing. Uh, UTEP beat New Mexico State 30-3. to And San Jose State beat Southern Utah 45-14, to as we probably could have expected they would do. Um not a whole lot there, but I talked about those games last week, so I'll mention them this week. Now, looking ahead a little bit, I, I want to, this week, start off with looking at some games that could have some playoff implications. Uh, I uh, Obviously, we're just going to start with the really, really obvious games that we know have playoff imp- implications. All five of those top tier, those, those elite five teams that we've, we've discussed are in action. I'm gonna throw one of them right out from from the get go, and I'm not going to talk about Oklahoma's big game with Tulane on Saturday. 
just not. I'm not going to talk about it. It's there. Uh, you can watch it if you want. But I will talk about the other game, the other teams that are in that top five because they've all got, I think, interesting games. The first one is actually on Thursday night. It is Ohio State at Minnesota. It's an 8 o'clock start on Fox. Minnesota is a team that it interests me. Um, they, they've got some talent coming back, mostly in the running game. Um, they have Muhammad Ibrahim, I believe is his first name. Yeah, Muhammad Ibrahim. He is. This is a his fourth year with the program. He had 1,100 yards in 2018 on 202 carries with nine touchdowns. Caught four passes for 26 yards. In 2019, he had 600 yards, give or take. Three receptions, 13 yards. And then last year, uh, got in a shortened season, got 201 attempts for a little over 1,000 yards, 15 touchdowns. Um, had eight catches for 56 yards. Um, really solid, solid player. Uh, got a ton of carries for just five games. Um especially in modern modern day college football had a really solid season in in five games biggest game came against Illinois of course but he also did well against Purdue uh, and in a lost to lost to Wisconsin 26 attempts 151 yards so 100 yards in all five at least 100 yards in all five games last year so I, this is not a game, if if I'm Ohio State, this is not a game I want to start the season with. I don't want to go on the road against a Minnesota team that has nothing to lose. They lose that game by 30. Everything that they could have conceivably expected to do this year is still on the table. They're going to be loose. They're going to be playing with house money, so to speak, and that stadium is going to be wild for a Thursday night game to open the season against the defending national runners-up, breaking in a new quarterback in C.J. Stroud. I would not pick Minnesota to win this game, but I would not be shocked if Minnesota won this game. Um, obviously, the line is uh, Ohio State by 14. 14, mind you. That's not a huge line. That means Vegas knows the exact same thing I'm telling you, that these games are weird. I don't like... Um, I don't like these games for my teams. You, especially in college football, you want that routine. You want that. And if you're in the Big Ten, you're Ohio State. You want that. All right, we're playing Saturday at 11 a.m. local or, or noon local, whatever the case may be. Um, or, or either that or, or eight o'clock in, at night. You want that routine. You don't want Thursday after class football. Obviously, their guys aren't going to go to class because they're they're going to, they're traveling to Minnesota, so um, that's out the question. But but you get what I'm saying. You don't want that weird weird week, to, especially to start the season. Whoa. This would worry me if I was an Ohio State fan. The other one is number one Alabama playing number fourteen Miami. That is a Saturday game at. 3.30 on ABC. That's the Chick-fil-A kickoff game in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And, you know, Alabama wins these games. I gave up predicting, you know, I've, I've obviously 
I've talked about it. I'm a Clemson fan. We've had some big wars with Alabama even before Clemson was facing Alabama in the, in the playoffs. They were kind of a team that I love to hate. And uh, every year they would get these games. And this dates back to Clemson, Alabama, uh, when this version of Alabama showed up on the scene in 2008. Uh, Clemson was the first team to feel their wrath. Um, Clemson saw Mark Ingram before anybody else saw Mark Ingram. And he ran all over Clemson. And in this this game, obviously it was in the, the Georgia Dome uh, at the time. But um, so every year after that, I'd like, this is the one they're going to lose. They're playing Southern Cal. This is the one they're going to lose. They're playing whoever. And it never happened. Never once. And so I'm not going to predict Miami's going to win this game. But I'm hoping for a, a good one here. You've got Derek King. He's a good. He's a fun guy to cheer for. Um Alabama is a 19-and-a-half-point favorite, and that's probably right. It would not surprise anyone, I don't think, to see them win that game 38-20 to 20, or 28-28. to 38 to 20 wouldn't even cover the spread, so it would be 40-20, to 38-17, something like that. Wouldn't be surprised at all. But I think we're all hoping, everybody but Alabama fans is hoping to turn on that TV Saturday afternoon and see that Miami is giving Alabama fits, even if we don't actually expect it to happen. But that's another top 15 team uh, with a huge test. And they're, they're playing with house money. Nobody in the country is expecting them to win this game outside of Miami. So it's a fun fun way for Miami to start the season. Probably a little bit more of a stressful way for Alabama to start the season. But they've made a habit of starting the season with this kind of game. Obviously, the big game among top five teams is Clemson, Georgia. I told you last week that I wasn't going to talk a ton about this game. I talked about it. A good deal on uh, my friend Jamie Cheek's podcast, which is a view from the couch. If you haven't already, check that podcast out. One of his latest episodes. By now, he may have released his his Georgia angle episode, but we we did an interview where we sat and talked for about an hour about this game. So I'm not going to talk much about it, but I know that this is the premier game of the weekend, as it should be. It's two top five teams. If we're being honest, um, a lot of folks probably think this is the two. If Alabama wasn't in the picture, this is the two most talented teams in the country. This is this should be number two and number three. This should be number one and number two. It's three and five. That's fine. The winner will be number two next Monday. Um, if not, number one. I, I don't think that's going to happen. But a lot of us will, will sit and say, well, <laughs> Clemson beat Georgia by ten. They ought to be the number one. Georgia beat Clemson by five. They ought to be number one. But they won't be. But again, uh, Clemson opens as right now they're a three-point favorite. That's that's just going to be a war, folks. And uh, so check out Jamie Cheek's podcast again. That's a view from the couch, and uh, listen to what we had to say about that game, and then tune in for that fun game at seven thirty on ABC on Saturday. Right now we're going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to move into some games that are maybe less obviously in the mix to change the way the playoffs happen down the road. We're going to discuss those games right after this. We've talked about the games that everybody knows have playoff implications. We talked about how we're not going to talk about Oklahoma Tulane because that's not going to have playoff implications because Oklahoma's going to win real big. If they don't, you can find me on Twitter at JTIMM684. That's at JTIM684. And you can tell me how wrong I was. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Oklahoma's going to beat the brakes off of Tulane, and you do too. Um, didn't even look at the line. I'm going to look at the line. 
it's 31 and a half in favor of Oklahoma. It could be worse than that. But here's some other games. Because the thing about it is, while you and I will sit here and say, I don't think this team's got a shot at the playoffs. I don't think this team has a shot at the playoffs. Every team in the Power Five, with very few exceptions, is sitting there right now thinking about the way they can make that run. The way 2015 Clemson did. The way um, 2019 LSU did. They can be the team that makes a run. 2017 Georgia is another good one. They can be the team that makes a run from outside the top ten and either wins the national championship or comes very close. Every team is dreaming about that. But right now I'm looking at a list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games involving ranked teams or nearly ranked teams that will have their and and in a couple of these games, those teams are guaranteed. There's a guaranteed to be a team that has their playoff hopes dashed or at least severely dented. And in a couple of them, you know, there, there's a chance that a team that we think could make a run doesn't make a run, and it starts on Saturday. So that's a lot of words that mean very little, and now I'm going to say some more words that hopefully mean more. Friday, the first game I've picked, Friday night, 6 p.m., North Carolina at Virginia Tech. North Carolina is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. They're the number 10 team in the country. The ACC Coastal has been wild, and that's well-documented. Virginia playing at Blacksburg on a weeknight ought to be illegal. If you don't believe me, ask anybody from the old Big East or from the ACC in the last 17 years. You don't want to do it. You don't want to be the ranked team the favorite going into Blacksburg on a weeknight. It's wild. It's a crazy atmosphere. The Hokies always get up. And I talked about it before this. I talked about it earlier on in the offseason. Justin Fuente has to step up this year. He knows it. The team knows it. And I would not be shocked. This is one that, I, I, I mean, I would even go so, so far as um, if I had to pick one or two of these games. Because here's the thing. You've got one, two, three, four of these seven games involve a top 15 or 16 team playing a lesser ranked opponent. One of them is bound to lose, I think. <laughs> you know, it, it would be strange if we didn't see an upset with all of these because this is all against Power 5 or ranked group of five teams. It would be really strange if we didn't see one of these teams lose that shouldn't lose. Be really strange, especially when you throw in Bama, Miami, and Ohio State, Minnesota. Somebody's gonna lose. Somebody is sitting here tonight thinking about how they can make a run to the playoffs, and they're gonna lose before this time next week. I think North Carolina is a really strong candidate to do that. I know they've got Sam Howell. I know they return a lot of talent, but Virginia Tech is gonna be looking to make some noise. They didn't have a great year last year, but. I just I just have a I have a feeling about this one. It's it's Blacksburg. It's Blacksburg on a Friday night. Uh Yeah. Uh that that's that's not a that, that's not a game that I envy North Carolina for. And but it's also an opportunity for North Carolina that I'm not going to be the only person that's going to talk about this when the the game day guys do their picks on Saturday. 
somebody is going to pick Virginia Tech to upset North Carolina. They're going to, they've heard about this all week. So it's an opportunity for North Carolina to go in there and show, no, we are here. We are a top 10 team. We're not going to slip up. The, the, we're the team that's going to make the ACC Coastal our land. We're the team that's going to make, that's going to grab that division by the throat. We're the team that's going to win this division. So it's an opportunity, but whew, what a what an unsavory way to start the season. Um, another one that I want to talk about is Louisiana, Texas. 23, 23 ranked Louisiana against 21, 21st ranked Texas. That game is at 4.30 on Saturday. Uh, who is the favorite? I just saw it. Texas is eight-point favorite, is the eight-point favorite in this game. It's at Texas. Um, Steve Sarkeesian is in his first game as Texas head coach, getting his redemption shot as a head coach in major college football. Um it's a tricky way to start because Texas, Louisiana, I'm sure when they made this game, this was a guaranteed game. This was a, we'll pay $800,000 to come lose in our house to start the season. And now Louisiana is a ranked team, ranked basically the same thing Texas is. There, you know, there, there are voters that ranked Louisiana ahead of Texas. I'm sure of it. Um, so the pressure is on Texas right away, right out of the gate. They've named Hudson Card their starting quarterback. Young, kind of unproven guy. Um, it'd be real easy to see Texas lose this game and slip out of the top 25 and we, don't, we won't see him again for the rest of the year. Or this is a good opportunity for Texas to get that statement win to start the season for it to be a statement win over Louisiana because even though they're ranked, everybody, most of the country is just waiting to say, yeah, but it's Louisiana. They're in the Sun Belt Conference. You should beat them by third. You you should beat them. So uh, Texas is going to have to really be impressive and really win big to make this game matter for them. But this is the kind of game, you know, when we talk about the playoffs, when we talk about um, the playoffs making the regular season matter less, this is the kind of game that if Oklahoma or Iowa State is going to have a really strong playoff resume later, they need Texas to win this game and win it kind of impressively. And if Texas is going to sneak up and be a surprise team in the playoffs, they can't lose to Louisiana. And they probably can't win close against Louisiana. They're going to, because they're going to have to beat, they're going to have to play Oklahoma or Iowa State twice to win the conference which means they're probably going to lose one of those games. That's just the odds. When you play a, a good team twice, you usually don't beat them twice. So Texas needs this win to be impressive, and that means they need to win big. And that's how this kind of game can factor into the playoffs. Even if Texas isn't a playoff team, um, somebody from the Big 12 will hope to be in the playoffs, and they need everybody in the conference to win games like this. So this is a playoff implication game, even if you don't think Texas is a playoff team. So let's move on. Let's talk about another Saturday game. We got Wisconsin and Penn State. And that is a, a fun, like traditional, this feels like a game that ought to be playing in like late October to me. 
But nope, we're, we're doing, we're getting to it right out of the gate. Uh, it is a noon kickoff. It's the big noon kickoff on Fox on Saturday. Number 12, Wisconsin. Number 19, Penn State. It is at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is five and a half point favorites. And um, it's tough to pick a winner in a game like this. Two, you know, very evenly matched teams. I wouldn't be surprised to see either one of them win. And the one that does has the early leg up, particularly if it's Wisconsin, because they do play in the opposite division from the rest of the powers in the Big 12, they or the Big 10, rather. They play in the West with the mighty Illinois Fighting Illini that are currently leading that <laughs> Leading that conf, leading that division rather. Um, Wisconsin does get sophomore quarterback Graham Mertz back. He had twelve hundred, a little over twelve hundred yards and nine touchdowns last year with five interceptions. Uh, was okay in the bowl game. Um, so that's that. Uh, Wisconsin. I, is the favorite. I, I think that's that's probably fair. They also get back running back Jalen Berger, who had 300 yards and two touchdowns in, in last year's shortened season. So we'll see. But again, this is a team, the winner, especially if Wisconsin can get this win, that gets them early leg up in that division over there. They'll probably end up sliding into the top ten with a win. And um, – they'll last in the pool of potential playoff contenders for at least another week. And their schedule is pretty favorable after that. Well, their schedule, they've got Eastern Michigan and then they've got Notre Dame. So they get two out of the first three weeks, they get a solid ranked opponent coming into their house. Um, So this is a game that has obvious playoff implications because if Wisconsin wins, they're in the mix. And they're also and and then in a couple of weeks you got a top ten matchup with Notre Dame where the winner's in the mix the loser go shuffles kind of to the back of the line. Uh, here's another one we're staying the Big Ten, Indiana and Iowa. Um, Indiana's ranked 17, Iowa is 18. Indiana obviously has Michael Penix Jr. Iowa is the three point favorite because it is at Iowa. Uh, if you know anything about betting, that means that it's a it's a tie. So that means that they're basically evenly matched, and that that's a fair assessment of these two teams. And Iowa's at home, so they get the three-point favorite. Iowa is returning. Uh, let's see. They they have a quarterback coming back, Spencer Petras. He completed 140 of 245 passes last year for 1,500 yards, nine touchdowns, five interceptions. It's tough to really get a read on the, the stats in the Big Ten because they played such a short schedule last year. They also uh, get back Tyler Goodson. He rushed 143 times for 762 yards and seven touchdowns last year, or an average of 5.3 yards per carry. So Iowa's not going to be an easy opponent for Indiana, but again, Indiana returns Michael Penix Jr. He had over 1,600 yards last year. And and Pat in the passing game was huge in the Ohio State game, and uh, I mentioned him in the in the Heisman conversation. And if he's going to do that, his candidacy starts right now. Has to have a big game against Iowa, at Iowa, 
to have any hope of being in that mix. And I think that that could be the 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 second best game of the weekend. Unfortunately, it's on the Big Ten Network at three thirty instead of one of the major networks. Fun. Um, one more for Saturday: LSU UCLA. I told you already. UCLA handled business on Saturday. Let's get into some of the stats. It wasn't that impressive. Nobody. It was an impressive win, but nobody really had a great, a huge game, if I recall correctly, because uh, you're getting a lot of guys reps. It's the first game of the season, and it's Hawaii. They were up 24 to three in the first quarter, so there wasn't much need to really press. Starting quarterback only threw 20 passes, 130 yards. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, he completed 10 of 20 passes for 130 yards and a touchdown, no interceptions. Um, Zach Charbonnet, who is somebody we're going to have to watch out for, I think, in Saturday's game against LSU, he carried the ball six times for 106 yards and three touchdowns. UCLA also got from Britton Brown, a senior running back, he also had a pretty good game, 13 carries for 78 yards and a touchdown. Um, but they had 43 carries as a team, and four different guys had at least five carries. Uh, so UCLA really just scored quick a lot is, is really what it boiled down to. They didn't have the ball a whole ton, and but they won. Uh, and LSU, they're 16th in the country, and I really don't know why, if I'm being honest. Um, they didn't really impress me last year. They weren't good. Uh, they just weren't. They started out slow and didn't really get any better. And maybe they can bounce back this year. They got some. I know they got some key transfers, but they finished the season last year five and five. Didn't go to a bowl game. They did close out with two wins over uh, Florida in that weird fog game with uh, with old old boy throwing a shoe, um, and they beat Ole Miss fifty three to forty eight. But they lost to the good the best teams they played. Other than that, they lost to Mississippi State. They lost to Missouri. They lost to Auburn. They lost to Texas A and M. They lost to Alabama fifty five to seventeen. Um, so. I, I don't know why I should think that LSU is a heavy favorite going to UCLA. That game is, it's a Saturday game. It is, I had the time right here. I should be better than this. People at Cali TV want me to be, be, want me to be better than this. That is the 8.30 on Fox game. 8.30 game on Fox Saturday night. So, it's certainly possible that LSU is much better than I understand, than I am giving them credit for. It's certainly possible that they're just going to beat the brakes off of UCLA. But I also think it's just as likely that we're going to all turn the we're all going to finish that Georgia Clemson game and that's going to go off at 11 o'clock, 11:30, whatever, depends on how many time, TV timeouts ESPN or ABC wants to take. And we're going to look, and we're going to go, it's the second quarter, and UCLA is up 17-14 to 14 on LSU. Huh. And we're going to turn it over and watch some of that game, too. Um, 
and maybe we'll stay up late and we'll watch the whole thing because UCLA plays really well and actually maybe even beats LSU. I'm not one to predict here. I'm not ready. I don't know enough about these teams. I didn't sit and watch every spring game. I didn't pour over all that. But I think Chip Kelly knows how to coach on the West Coast. Um, This is a home game, but that's not really what I'm talking about. He knows how to coach in that conference. He knows how to recruit in that conference. He did it at Oregon. Maybe this is the year that UCLA steps forward and takes that big leap, and it starts with this game. And LSU goes from a team that maybe has an outside shot to win the SEC West to a team that could still win the SEC West because this isn't a conference game, but shows us that the 5-5 five and five team that they were last year, they're not much better than that this year. Who knows? Who knows? But I am extremely interested in that game. I do know that. And I will keep an eye on it, but only like part of an eye because I'll be watching the Georgia-Clemson game. The next game up for me is the Notre Dame-FSU game on Sunday. Notre Dame is rightfully a seven-and-a-half point favorite, right? That feels a little bit closer than we would guess. It is at Dote Campbell, but Florida State was not great last year. But what Florida State did do is bring in Mackenzie Milton, who I assume is starting for them. And... um. Mackenzie Milton knows how to win. He won at UCF. And I think that there is a chance that at some point in the next few years, because, you know, you've got a team like Nebraska, who was a power in the 90s and isn't now. It's going to be tough for Nebraska to bounce back and ever be what they were in the 90s, anywhere close to what they were in the 90s. Reason being Nebraska isn't a recruiting hotbed. The state isn't. And to get, they have to beat out some really um, marquee programs in the, in the surrounding states that are recruiting hotbeds. They're going to have to beat the Oklahomas of the world and the Texas A&Ms of the world to get talent to come to Nebraska. And that's going to be really hard. Well, Florida State, they've fallen on hard times. But first of all, they were national champion after the 2013 season, about eight years ago. And the next year, they, they were in the playoffs. So the, the history isn't so far back for them. On top of that, they're sitting in a recruiting hotbed. So when they do get the coaching staff in the right position and they do start rolling in the right direction, the recruits are right there, both in South Georgia and in the state of Florida. They won't, and in Alabama, they won't have any issue bringing the talent in. And because of that, at some point in the next few years, they're going to get their act together, and there's going to be a game like this one where they're not favored, they have a much higher-ranked opponent coming in, and they're going to win. Uh, according to the internets, Mackenzie Milton is not the clear starter. He is; They have an or on the depth chart with him and Jordan Travis. So um, we'll see. We'll see. Jordan Travis is a redshirt sophomore. Um, I, I, I would lean towards Mackenzie Milton has experience in big games and winning games. 
I would start Mackenzie Milton against Notre Dame, but that's just me. Either way, if the point is the same because if Jordan Travis starts, he uh, that means he beat Mackenzie Milton. That means he's playing well. That means that he has shown that coaching staff that he is the better option. So I don't know that this is necessarily the game that it happens, but at some point in the next couple of years, Florida State is going to win a game like this where they're not expected to win and they're going to start another run. I fully believe it. I fully believe that Florida State is going to return. Will they be on Clemson's level? Not immediately, but Florida State is going to get back to being close to what they were before. And so I wouldn't be shocked at all to see on Sunday night Florida State beat Notre Dame. Uh, and and the, the Vegas clearly clearly uh, feels the same way because it's not as big of a spread as you would expect there. Final game I want to talk about is Louisville Ole Miss. Now, this game probably does not have playoff implications. I don't think either one of these teams is going to be in the playoffs. But this could just be a fun one. Matt Corral, this is a good way for him to start his Heisman candidacy. He gets the uh, solo spotlight on Monday night. It's a, a neutral site game. This one is in Atlanta, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And there's always the outside shot that, you know, we saw a game like this with Florida State, with Jameis Winston, um, the opening weekend, where not only did he launch his, his kind of Heisman candidacy, but that's when Florida State came onto the scene and became – um, kind of in the national spotlight was when they, they had a game similar to this. Same with Lamar Jackson had, had games like this. These quarterbacks had these spotlight games early and kind of thrust their team into the picture. And maybe this is the game for Ole Miss. Maybe this is the game for, for Louisville where they put themselves into our awareness with a game like this. And then later on, they're number 10 Ole Miss when they play Alabama later or their number 10 Louisville when they play Clemson later because they put on a good show when everybody was watching. So that's all I have for this week. I'm looking forward to a great weekend of college football. I think there's a lot of games to like starting tomorrow night and running all the way through Monday. They really spread out the schedule this year and obviously they weren't working together to do that, but they did a good job of it and I'm excited. Hope you'll watch the games and we'll touch base next week and, and talk about what, what went down. Till then, have a good one.